Hello and welcome to episode 119 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Basically a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, the online client MTG Arena. That's right. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit more about standard. We've been kind of in this like standard thing going on. There's a lot of standard tournaments. There's like all the stuff happening, the bands and everything. So we're just going to keep on that train because why not? New stuff. Cars got banned. Format changed. Let's keep talking about it. But first, each week we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine. Rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. This week we have high grade. This mm-hmm. is an IPA from Fairweather. Uh, says right on it has barley oats and a fat bag of Simcoe Idaho Seven Citroen Mosaic. Those are all hops. Um, so it's basically saying it has a lot of hops. At six point two percent, and it has this fun can floral pattern and parrots on it. Yes. Um, this is almost like the quintessential Hamilton beer in a sense because. Fairweather's brewery from Hamilton. Uh, we've done it before on the show. Um, but like, in my opinion, the best brewery in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. If you go to any like hipster restaurant or bar in Hamilton, they'll, cer- they'll almost certainly have this. This will be like the thing they carry and that's their IPA. So. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm psyched to do this on the show. I had a ton of high grades. It's not my first time having it. Oh, um, well, it's my first time. This is very exciting. And I got this from the really hipster coffee shop close to my apartment in Toronto, who specifically yeah. get it from Hamilton uh, because they like it so much. So, yeah, let's let's crack it open. Um, I did want to say the actual artwork on this with the parrots and the limes and the flowers and stuff. It makes me want to have a shirt that looks like this. I know. I, I wonder if they sell a shirt. That if they this. do, I I want one very badly. <laughs> Um, this and, is like very much their aesthetic, so I wouldn't yeah. be that surprised. Um, as we're saying that, we were just talking about our shirts this evening that we did not plan. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see um, I have my jellyfish shirt and Jeff is wearing his jam band t-shirt. <laughs> They're jamming. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch but it of... It could be some jellies in there. That's true. It's jellies and jams. Um, yeah. These are, if you're listening, they're jars of jam playing instruments. Um, so it's our Jelly Jam episode. Is that the title? Who knows? Yeah, the Jelly Jam? <laughs> the j- Jelly Jammers? Nobody understands. <laughs> Just a standard Jelly Jammer. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we do have some magic news. Uh, this last weekend, June 3rd and 4th, was a big round of regional championships all over the place uh so they had one in toronto which i was able to attend but they also had them in dallas and like all over the united states a bunch of different places this is where they do their big roundup um the format was pioneer and there was like a big uh breakout pioneer deck i don't know if you saw it um it's uh have you heard of this the deck that came out actually actually don't know what you're talking okay so uh there was like a, some secret tech that came out and it's a combo deck using uh, Arch Fiend of the Dross. You're gonna like this combo. It's exactly the type of combo you like. So Arch Fiend of the Dross, if you remember, 
is from Phyrexia All Will Be One. It's the four mana, like six, six with flying. And when it enters, it's oh, black. Yeah. And when it enters the battlefield, it gets like four oil counters. And each turn, it um, at your upkeep, you have to take one off. And if you don't have any more oil counters on it, you lose the game. But every time your yeah. opponent's creatures die, they like lose two life or something. So you use that. And then there is a um, an aura from um, M19, I think. It's like Metamorphosis or something. It's like one blue blue. And it just says uh, enchanted creature becomes a copy of another creature. Uh, <laughs> and so you put it on your opponent's creature and it turns into Archfiend of the Dross, but it doesn't get any counters because yeah. it didn't enter the battlefield. And so then your, your opponent just dies immediately. Um, amazing. I, I got so- uh, how, does it, how does it beat decks that don't play creatures? I don't. I I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, I haven't looked at like a full list, but I was like watching all these like combo players like do all right. I was like following on Twitter, and Fire Shoes was uh, doing a bunch of stuff in Dallas, I think, and so he had posted it, and I was just like, "That's awesome. That's so cool. That um, is awesome. Like, yeah. If that's legitimately a competitive strategy, I'm all for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. That I is did... so disruptible. There's like, yeah, it's if that's the combo deck to be. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the combo deck. Um, yeah, you basically get to combo off and turn like five if your creature survives. You know, like stuff like that. <laughs> Not to mention, it's hilarious. So I so, sit there. They they're gonna turn like fucking Bulbaren and Bakir into a into a lose machine, and I'm just gonna have to sit there and take. Yeah, it. <laughs> I wonder. There's like a couple black creatures you could play that give them creatures like it must uh, be something like that like right? that troll you know what's the bridge the hunted, black troll? well uh, you could the hunted troll can you play that in i don't think those are in pioneer but like something like those right oh well, the clack bridge troll. clack bridge troll is the one i was thinking that yeah, gives yeah. them a bunch of goats um you turn a goat into an <laughs> archfiend of the dross um i'm just, I just imagining like this battle where you're trying to get your opponent's creatures and they're trying to kill their own creatures in <laughs> <laughs> but then they're losing life because you have your own archfiend anyway right it's uh <laughs> it seems really funny and uh basically throughout the weekend people are talking about how like watch out you can't play it on mtgo because it's bugged but mm. you can play the deck and explore i think it's basically like a blue-black kind of um, control deck with this as a finish. And um, yeah. the only card in the list, I'm not remembering a, a list at this moment now that I forgot I had seen. So that's why I'm listing this off. The only thing that we didn't have is um, Dig Through Time, but that's easily replaceable in, in Explorer. So this sounds like one of those classic decks that is amazing because of all the really good blue black cards in it and the combo's just a, an lol way to win the game <laughs> basically I, i'm pretty sure that's what it is um so you're not trying to like do it as fast as possible you're trying to control the game and then do it i guess um but i love it i love it i love it basically inverter combo just with a different slightly worse combo <laughs> yeah yeah basically because you can't play that anymore um so that was fun i actually went to the regional championship in toronto um, not playing the main event because I wasn't qualified, but uh, I played some side events, which was, uh, it was good, uh, but I did a whole heck of a lot of losing. <laughs> did I? Um, I think I, that's what happens when you don't play a format at all and then you show up to a competitive event. I mean, to be fair, the first event I did was I played draft and I, oh, okay. they do single. Well, then, yeah. 
Oh, but this is a format that you you've been doing a lot of these. Yeah, so nothing new there. Um, <laughs> uh, so single elimination, I I I just lost the first round to uh, this guy who is super nice, really sweet dude. He's been playing Magic forever, and he was playing in the main event. Um, so this was on Friday before. Mm. From uh, he's from uh, Newfoundland, and. Mm -hmm. I thought you would think this is interesting because number one, uh, we were talking about corsets and he loves corsets, which I feel like yes. me and Jeff, that's the, one of the only things that we really miss and feel like a lot of people don't feel the same way. So if you like yeah. corsets, give us a shout out because we love them. Um, and give wizards a shout out. So bring them back. Yeah. But um, you would probably like it because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's a version of that, but... Um, he drafted Rakdos in the draft and basically said that he can't stop playing Rakdos. It's the only thing he ever plays. Um, nice. that, however, I did lose because he had like, not only did he have a Chandra, but he also had an OG Shieldred and he had like, oh. an invasion of, um, invasion of destroyed legendary creatures, whichever that one is mm -hmm. slash non-legendary ones. So that was pretty rough. Um, yeah. And I then he, for some reason I always draft Rakdos when I yeah. see Chandra and children. <laughs> that's yeah, and that's basically what he was saying. He was like, I tried not to, but like you just kept passing me all these bombs. <laughs> um and then he was also playing Rakdos mid-range in the main event. And so he oh, was I just hope like, he did well. Last time I had seen him, I saw him on Saturday and he was two three, so not doing super great. Oh. But um yeah, that anyway. sounds like we're cut from the same cloth, bringing Rakdos to a random pioneer event and going 2-3. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I think I like this guy. Um, <laughs> but no, he was super chill. And like that was probably some of the best parts of the weekend. We're just like going randomly meeting people, letting them letting them beat me, losing to people, and yeah. um and then being like, man, you guys are sick. And he was one of the reasons I was like, man, I wish I was playing the main event. That'd be fun like to go and right and then you could you know catch up in between rounds and stuff it's so much more exactly. fun to play an event like that with people like someone you know or a, or a group or like, something it doesn't even have to be you know a friend it just be someone you met the night before or whatever yeah um, and you can just like keep track and win whatever um but i did awesome. play did you you played uh you played some pioneer i did play a pioneer challenge i was i built um, Celestia Auras, just to bring to the event, um, mm -hmm. which was great. I my matches were almost all good. I lost. I well, I went o three, but um, all my opponents were super nice people, which I really enjoyed. All of them, they were super cool, and they were all different decks. I played Rakdos, um, uh, Phoenix, and uh, Azorius Control, oh. and uh, they were all really close. They all went to game three. And nice. I like made some bad mulligan decisions and some bad misplays and stuff and some bad sideboarding. Um, but I think I learned a lot. Sideboarding is it's so hard. Yeah. It turns out that thing in the ice is really good against auras. <laughs> Who knew? Um, I knew that. Yeah. I know. So <laughs> realizing that certain cards are the main thing I need to stop being like, oh, sideboard and everything to stop that card okay all right and then yeah. mulligan till you get that card okay cool honestly i think some people underrate that like they think sideboarding is such a fine art 
that they forget that sometimes there's one card you have to beat and your sideboard plan is to literally everything in your power to beat that card because you yeah you cannot beat your strategy itself cannot beat it yeah and, and i so think they, they like overthink it they're like oh i don't want to i don't want to overreact to them having this card it's like no if there's a card in your opponent's deck that your strategy literally cannot handle you have to overreact to it like it may not be the best maybe you'll dress five removal spells that say destroy target thing in the ice and your opponent doesn't draw anything in the ice but you have to take that chance yeah i definitely think that's true because uh i that's my philosophy anyways but yeah. no that i think that's great and i think you're right even and especially with decks like auras where um you can be really explosive but like it's so fragile and it just reminds me of Benton Madsen in the finals of the Pro Tour being like, I'm going yeah. to Mulligan till I get the card right, right. because if I don't have this card, I lose. Like I have it to It seems have extreme, card. but it's like a mediocre start will just never win mm -hmm. in that matchup, right? And he knew that. So yeah. it looks crazy because he's in like the finals and mulliganing and himself like out four. of the championship is what it looks like. But he knows that each hand he mulliganed had like essentially a 0% chance to win. So yeah. And he's gone back and looked at those hands and once again said, nope, I was right. I would do the exact right. same thing. Especially when I'm pretty sure in that match, like Reed, like picks up his hand. It's like, keep. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> so, uh, pretty sure I need to come out the gates here. Yeah. Because that, like, you could, you could almost see it on Reed's face. That was, that's a turn four win for Reed. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, like, you gotta do something. Yeah. So anyway um great weekend wish i was now i want to push harder and actually like be able to play in a main event like that because it seems like a lot of fun oh I'd, yeah it'd be so much fun but made me excited to play more paper pioneer which uh i know isn't what the show is about but uh that's nice it's a nice little rejuvenation i think um Anyway, we have some more magic news after that little anecdote. Um, this weekend is the qualifier weekend. Uh, so it's June 10th and 11th. The format is historic because the next arena championship, arena championship number four is historic. So we're kind of starting the summer chunk of competitive play. And they're doing like we said last week or the week before, I can't remember, where they want to have all the like qualifier events be the same format or try to be the same format for the tournament you're actually playing in. I think it makes a lot of sense. Jeff, are you, are you excited about playing in this uh, event this weekend? I am not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's historic. I don't know. Like just haven't played much historic from what I've read about it. Um, it doesn't totally seem like the type of format I would love. Uh, like, you know, Kepha's combo is huge, and I've always hated that deck. I hate, like, those kinds of combo decks where it's literally just, we're both just going to draw our hands, and we're going to see who does their thing. Like, either you're going to kill me before I do my thing, or I'm going to do my thing insanely quickly, and you can't yeah. Like, nah, not super into that. Maybe the deck has evolved and in the historic format it's a little more interactive, but that's not how things tend to go. Usually no. when it moves into an older format, it's just faster mm -hmm. um, and like more resilient. And that's like the way it goes rather than more interesting matches. So no, no. I was actually going to play in the qualifier 
best of one this past weekend and then because I assumed it would be standard um, just because I had standard on the brain really and then I clicked into it I saw historic and I was like oh no no never mind um but if you're interested as a historic player please by all means go ahead get excited about it um for sure that format has always just felt like a dumpster fire to both of us which can be a lot of fun honestly I've had fun with historic in the past so I'm not like just anti-historic it's just right now I think explore and standard or explore in particular super fun and uh like explore I guess the reason I say explore in particular is that's sort of filling the gap that historic was filling for me before yeah so explore is really the reason I don't play historic anymore um but if you are a historic fan and you have deck lists that aren't kept as combo and are super sweet I would love to see them yeah uh and if they're not uh, crucius as well, which I think is very that that the number of deck lists that aren't Kethis combo and don't have crucius in it are like yeah so small. Uh, so we're interested in those. Um, it's like this guy who goes o three and is playing green white enchantments or something. <laughs> That's the deck. <laughs> the only reason it's funny because the only reason I ever play historic anymore is just when I want to get my Azorius Auras fix and I jump in there and, and play some um, core spirit dancer. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, still rocking your selfless saviors or whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm, I might have one or two in that deck, but now you play, um, that modern horizons card that draws you stuff, draws you cards when they play non-creature spells. Whatever ridiculous card they've printed that's does yeah. the same thing, but better. Yeah. Just, it doesn't do the same thing, but it just card advantage. Anyway. Right. Just better. Just better. <laughs> anyway, Jeff, let's talk about a format we are excited about and interested in and have been playing uh, a good amount. Uh, standard. So, yeah. how's it going? How's post ban standard life? All right. I think we need to address the elephant in the room, mm -hmm. which is we guessed at this last week when we talked about, you know, whether the bans were enough. Um, I mean, the elephant in the room is that Esper Legends is, I think, by far the best deck in standard. Mm -hmm. um, they just replaced one black sort of mid-rangey deck with another, as we thought might happen. And I haven't seen anything that dissuades me from that opinion. I've seen it like floating around online that domain controls the the best deck and standard. I'm just like, that's not been my experience at all. Like I think Esper is way, way stronger and probably laughs at that matchup. So mm. I don't know totally where that opinion is coming from, but yeah, our fears have been realized that the deck that was good before Rakdos took over, now that they all they did was ban Rakdos, is now the best deck again. Mm -hmm. um, and if, it does feel a bit ridiculous sometimes when they do the whole, like, it, honestly, it doesn't even matter, but when they go Skrelv into any oh, two-drop, yeah. Thalia, yeah. Denik, whatever, into Rafine, you feel like you've already lost and then like shieldred as the fourth card is like well there's pretty much nothing i could do about that um that being said i'm still having a ton of fun with the format even mm -hmm. though i think it's sort of just the same format. like it is what i was worried it is the same format as before except domain is no longer good against the best deck where it used to be good against the best deck 
Mm -hmm. So it just feels like, you know, before we had Rakdos, some stuff that beats on Rakdos, and then everything else gets trashed by Rakdos. And now it kind of feels like Esper and everything else gets trashed by Esper. But in some ways, that just makes it fun too, because it's like, I don't mind losing to Esper because I'm like, your deck's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I definitely think, yeah, that's right. That's that's also, that's just how I feel about the whole situation. Um, though I luckily haven't been running into it that often. Oh, um, I, I see it all the time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's like, I've been playing some uh, ladder matches uh mm -hmm. so by my tears i think i'm gold four and so i'm like missing a lot of those and then i jumped into an event playing celestia auras <laughs> surprise surprise uh sorry not auras <laughs> enchantments enchantments not auras not auras um <laughs> celestia enchantments and well uh, you're probably playing are you playing audacity i am playing audacity yeah well that's an aura so. four copies um love that card um but I actually ran into like Esper and was able to beat them in the uh, event I was playing, but I only had to run into them once, which was really lucky. And uh, I can just be explosive with that deck. So that ended up being okay. But I also mm -hmm. felt like they misplayed a couple times and I should have lost. So um, I just got lucky, I think. But I feel like generally when I beat Esper, it's because they misplayed. Because I like, I think I just hit platinum last mm -hmm. night. So, I, like you have been sort of climbing the lower ranks, uh, but still running into Esper literally all the time. Um, or they just like got totally screwed or flooded. That's how I beat Esper. <laughs> so, I've literally had them at like four life with a board full of creatures. And they, a few turns later, they're at like 20 life. And I'm the one who is clawing my way of trying to like claw out of some big hole i'm just like you you had no cards in hand you had like four life left you had a shield on the battlefield next thing you know i'm the one who's like oh i can't win this game <laughs> like yeah shieldred it's good <laughs> <laughs> okay so i won't reveal what deck i'm playing quite yet but i am okay. finally playing a deck that is weak to shieldred I still think Shieldred's like worth is overstated, but yeah, um, I, I get think... it a little more. Jeff, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to convince you to to say that that you don't think that that's true anymore. Um... But like, I know it's like we were talking about before. With it, even if it's similar to Thing in the Ice, where I just can't beat this card, mm -hmm. I know that, so I have to take precautions. Like this is a card people play, yeah, and, and it's. Like, I think the real problem cards are the ones where even when you know you can't beat it, there's nothing you can do. Like Fable of the Near Breaker. It's just like, if my opponent plays that on turn three on the play, I'm probably going to lose. But there's literally nothing I can do about that. This one's like, I just hold my removal for Shieldred. Mm -hmm. Or like, I side in more removal to target Shieldred. And, you know, don't waste it on two drops. Like, yeah. Um, Fable is, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. Even that's really even true. if you side in enchantment removal. Mm -hmm. It made a creature. You still got two for one. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's your best possible scenario against Fable is only getting two for one. So, oh. like, Shieldred, like, I can, get I can get away with a two-point life swing and a one for one. That's fine. Yeah. 
Maybe a four points light swing if or I more. Need to, yeah. Um, and sometimes not even any points of of life because you yeah. can kill it beforehand. Um, I did want to say the one thing that really pisses me off about um, Esper Legends is that Denik has been hosing my restoration of Iganjos, and I hate it because yeah. the, the second chapter of no two cards in my deck restoration of Iganjo because I want to get one of my creatures back from my graveyard. And then also the deck list I'm using has um, like, what is it? Heart of Kirin? The, um, or Kirin? What, what is that card? The green one, the green saga that like makes a dude mills and then you like oh. put a plus one plus one counter on something. Um, no, that's a, that's a, I was talking teachings about. Teachings of the Kirin. Teachings of the Kirin. Heart of Kirin is like the vehicle from that's, way back yeah. when. <laughs> With a loyalty, Planeswalker loyalty to Cruet. Yeah, yeah like, right. Well, you're allowed to play. Has that been reprinted? Like, no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, I knew it sounded weird when I was saying it, but I was like, it's the Kieran something, right? Um, but yeah, they're that's spelled a good differently. Card. I'd play it if it was in standard. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, Teachings of the Kirin. Um, And that one, when it, like, the only good thing after it flips is that it targets things in graveyards, but Denik stops you from doing that. And it's been annoying enough where it's like that's i would much rather see a thalia than a denic i was like ugh. yeah like just the lifelink on top of it it's like yeah, it's this like, whole card like the fact that it's a two three i think i hate everything about this card yeah <laughs> it comes back and it's annoying then too i mean like it's it's annoying because i love denic and i loved when denic came out and i liked the card and i was happy with it for so long and now i don't like it it's yeah. that's what's annoying it's like so don't don't, there was, don't change this on me i liked you so much you used to be my friend we were you know if you recall we were like the only ones on Danik or when the set first came out we were like the only card worth playing with uh disturb was Danik. Danik. yeah we actually missed the like her hermit that, and that mm. was the disturbed card that everyone was playing and nobody yeah. played Denik. And it took like at least six months and then Denik was everywhere. And so yeah. I was kind of like, it felt vindicated where I was like, yeah, Denik is yeah. good. Denik is good. Like when it came out, I was like, wow, we picked, we were right that there was only one disturbed card people were going to play, but we picked the wrong one. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, now we're back to being correct because nobody plays the Hermit now and everybody plays Denik. It's true. It's true um but obviously that was like the extra turns meta so countering yeah, stuff was, was really important anyway uh I, all the little things with Denik just add up um i think some of the sometimes they add up in a not so fun way like i don't think it's intended that it kind of hoses restoration of Vigonjo. that's like that feels like incidental damage like, well the thing is that you have to be careful because if you don't remember, Restoration of Iganjo triggers if you discard a card, and then yeah. you can target something in your graveyard. Just say no. You don't, don't get don't, the card back. Yeah. Don't discard a card. But that's yeah. the type of stuff they've been trying to move away from, like the feel bad gotchas. Mm -hmm. And so that's why that's why I'm tempted to say it wasn't intentional, because like that's a feel bad for sure. And if you're a new player, like mm -hmm. come on. You're just going to discard a card and get nothing from it. It feels similar to like the <laughs> Narset Parter of Veils, you know, and you know, we, like even no matter how experienced you were, you'd play a game where you played something and then you just hear like, oh, my fucking God, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Uh, why is all my card draw at sorcery speed stuff like that yeah and it'd be even stuff you're just not used to like interactions you haven't seen before and it's like oh yeah i might get to draw a card off that shouldn't have done that like cycling a land or something yeah like i should just wait it why did i do that it's the same feeling as like uh you could kill a creature on your turn but you wait and then you try to kill on their turn and they're able to protect it or counter it and you're like why didn't i just yeah. do that on my turn yeah. like that, that was, why why did i wait i don't know um yeah good rule of thumb by the way keep it simple uh yeah only do that trick if your opponent has all their mana untapped because then the idea is they might counter they're going to counter it either way i don't want them to counter it and untap yes i want them to have to use mm-hmm. the man on their turn to counter. But if they're tapped out, kill it. Don't kill be it. like, oh, I'm going to be fancy and do it on their draw step or upkeep yeah. or something. Or like during combat. If you need it to die, you need it to die, and you got to kill it while, while, the, no. while the killing's good. Yeah, it's just sometimes like if you've had a couple beers and you're just in that oh, mode, sure. yeah, yeah. you just slip right into it really easy. Um, so keep it simple. Uh, I've made it. Like I've I've made that mistake. I say that, and I will still make that mistake. Like yeah. that is not my last time making that mistake. Uh, yeah. So Jeff, I did want to ask. So this is completely off topic. So welcome to the show. Um, the so is it the feel bad of like playing arena and you try to do a thing and then you realize that you can't do it, worse than playing it in paper and you both not realizing that didn't work five turns later. I would say as far as feelings go, what's worse? What's the I would feeling? say the feel bad is um more real on arena. I think okay. when it's in when you when you do it in paper, the fact that your opponent also didn't realize kind of like lifts it a little bit. Sure. Like okay. Sometimes you still feel bad when like, oh, my opponent would have won if we didn't both kind of make this mistake. That's still you still feel bad about that where you're like, oh, should I should I concede? Like I should probably concede, right? Like I technically lost this game. Um but the fact that you know nobody realized it makes you feel less like dumb, I guess. Whereas on arena, when you just like you concoct this whole strategy, you make your plan, and then like step one is just off base and arena like it's not shy about. <laughs> just be like, like no you can't do that yeah you, you feel kind of bad um i don't know i think it probably depends on your personality like i'm a bit more extroverted so i just like having people around and like i don't mind being embarrassed in front of people totally like whereas i get more embarrassed like for myself when you're, if that's when you're alone where i'm just like yeah yeah because sometimes you're alone and you feel like really dumb and you're like oh there's nobody to say like oh i would do the same thing and you're like oh just I'm right fucking, I'm, and then you just like go into a hole of like i'm the fucking nobody to like commiserate with yeah, yeah i yeah. can't even like and even on magic online mm-hmm. i can be like lol like mm. or sometimes your opponent will even message you like i know exactly what happened you're like yeah like mm-hmm. you get it um but on magic arena all i can do is oops yeah, and that feels like satisfying. Well, that also makes it feel like horrible because even your opponent might say that to you, and you're like, because because like how they'll do you... say oops or, yeah. or like you'll say oops and they'll say good game. Like, oh, yeah, you're like fuck, fuck you. you. But they're like, <laughs> but they could have like the 
best interest at heart. They're like trying to commiserate with you. They just don't have the tools. There's, there's, they literally can't. Because all the tools are like laughing emojis or like crying emojis and stuff, which I do love and I think they're fun and funny. But like, I wish it was easier to like give a give a hug somehow. I don't know. <laughs> to somebody. Yeah, like originally on Arena, I used to do that. I used to go like, oops, mm -hmm. when my opponent did something weird like that. Because I was thinking like, that communicates that I understand this is that like it was a, a mistake. Up, yeah, that right? was but I started to realize like it probably comes off as obnoxious when you're in that state that you just made a mistake. It sounds like me going, "Oops, that was a mistake." You know? Yeah, it like dumbass. Like, I, I I totally get like that feeling of trying to be like I I know you have communicated that that wasn't on purpose, and I know it wasn't on right. purpose. Yeah, but it is really difficult to communicate because it really comes across the same way as like when they counter your spell and say oops and you're like right. well fuck you you know yeah. like come on buddy. okay yeah <laughs> jeez um you're just not in the mindset to like interpret it the way that i mean it right so it's like yeah, yeah. anyway I mean, you never get you never get the data back so i don't know if people are pissed off at all yeah. the times that i did that but i'm pretty sure they were because i would get i think a little like I mostly am like whatever. If the only thing that annoys me is when people spam something, and then I have to mute them because yeah, that's really it's just it's just annoying. Um, but mostly, I don't get I don't get frustrated anymore by people saying good game when they've you know they... prematurely when they've won or like mm -hmm. like that stuff used to kind of get to me and that's like that is yeah what I happens. think <laughs> yeah we might want to like update our arena etiquette episode because it's been a while but. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think you should do those things. But no. like for me personally, I'm just like numb to it because it's happened so many times. But uh... yeah, and most of the time when you're in like the actual events or that type of stuff, or you're in um, where there's like stakes or whatever, most of the time people aren't really shitty about it. They're like, yeah. it's, it's usually yeah. on the ladder you'll find some. Um, I know what to call it. dweebs. Is that a good yeah. term? You just get like the good game. Oops. Yeah. Hello. Oops. Yeah. Good and game. you're like, hello. Like, and just like then stall out. It's like yeah, and just insane. rope you. You're like, oh, okay. Anyway, um, standard. I I'm happy that we got to talk about that because it has been a while since we've discussed some of those yeah. things, um, and my feelings have changed a little bit. But um, in standard, uh, besides like. Esper being the S tier deck, um, and and domain being around, mm -hmm. um, that's just like yeah. frustrating. I I want to know what are the other decks you feel that might be like in the top one. So like Esper is the best, and then domain is like right under that. Is there anything else that's like on par with five color ramp? So for me, like, and this is you know biased by maybe decks I play and stuff like I think five color ramp is kind of whatever like it's mm -hmm. strong but it's not to me it's like Esper and then mm -hmm. huge gap not even sure that's the five colors the second best deck but um it's definitely good enough to play uh, yeah with you know you can play it with a serious face um and there's a lot of different variations in five color ramp, which I think is interesting. And some of them, 
some of them are a little more green and like I've seen a few of the versions that are like have both misses and are like kind of doing the oh green the like green based five color ramp thing. I, for whatever reason I thought you meant green like they were new like oh, like yeah. they're yeah. I mean sort of it's new yeah yeah uh, but like green is in the color of course yeah. Uh, the color in the game that we play, one of five. Mm -hmm. um, you you just forgot about it because it's oh. been so bad. It's been so bad in standard. For you, so yeah, long. you just you couldn't really play it. So yeah, not without white. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I've seen a lot of um, like essentially the old mono white mid range deck. I've mostly seen it as uh, Autumn Burchett's version with the black splash with the black splash. The breach. Mm -hmm. um, so that deck is pretty solid. Like it lost. I think the black splash makes more sense when you lose, um, like your the colorless card that I'm like on right now, um, the got banned. But um, bankbuster. Yeah, when you lose bankbuster, it makes more sense. You have more reason to splash into a second color, like. Uh, Mono for the white. for the card advantage that you're missing in mono white, exactly, because um, mono white traditionally doesn't draw cards; it gets card advantage other ways, and so the black splash makes more sense. And I've been seeing that. Uh, I've seen like a splash of other decks, like the Jeskai Dragons deck still shows up, which blows my mind because it's like this deck needed fable so bad like it, it relied on fable so hard but people just i don't know what they've found to replace fable but i've never been impressed with that deck um but azorius soldiers is probably like the aggro deck mm -hmm. format um, i wholeheartedly disagree it's definitely toxic and i don't know i, I haven't why played against that. i played against like one toxic deck and I won easily, so maybe that's just biased my like opinion of it. They didn't or, draw very well, um, but it's just like I don't know. This feels like it felt like what I thought of the deck, where if they don't draw the perfect like one, two, three, I'm gonna win easily. If they do draw that, it's gonna be a game. Yeah, and, you just <laughs> you win the coin flip and then you win the match. That's how the game works, right? You win the coin flip, and you draw perfectly two or three times, and then play well, and then also have things go your way down the line. That, I don't know. That's what I feel about Celestia Toxic. It just needs so much to go its way. Nah, it's great. I love it. And then <laughs> if it starts to take over, people just side in the anti-Zac card and, and, and start destroying it. Apparently nobody plays that card. I haven't run into it. I've, played... I've run into it so many times. So <laughs> it must the... be with people on old deck lists that just like remove Fable and added like four of those or something. I guess. <laughs> um but yeah, I I haven't run into it and I'm I almost exclusively playing Celestia. Either it's enchantments or it's toxic. That's what I'm playing. And uh haven't seen it once, so to be fair, you're probably a better pilot of the deck than the people that I'm just like I've randomly run into. Well, that's very sweet of you to say. Um, I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to take that. I'm going to I'm going to say that uh, I I am. Um, but no, it's been it's been a good time with the Celestia decks. I'm happy to see that you know that card hasn't been the bane of my existence quite yet. And I'm happy where they are at the moment because that means they're not high enough on the tier list for people to care. 
That's what I want. That's the best right. point. And we talked about this when the deck was winning tournaments. That like mm -hmm. the beauty of this deck is that it can win tournaments. It's good enough, but it, it can never dominate because mm -hmm. if people want to beat it, they can beat it. Yes. Which and is so what you're describing right now is that ebb and flow that people have forgotten about this deck and how explosive it can be because this deck really can win the game on like turn three. Mm -hmm. um, like maybe technically it's turn four, but you pretty much already lost. You have inevitability, yeah. Uh, and so when people it's off the radar, they side out the the anti the anti toxic card that they put in the set mm -hmm. right after the toxic set. Um, <laughs> in in the color that everyone plays um, in it with the flavor <laughs> of the creatures that you're playing it, just, just kills to top it. it off it's a flavor fail like yeah <laughs> like you gotta fucking kidding me they're like oh by the way sorry phyrexians don't like phyrexian oil what the fuck is that stupid forest yeah uh, yeah when people start moving those cards out this deck can start creeping its way back up the ladder i think it's I love when decks like that exist. Like this, this will range from like tier one down to tier maybe three, but mm -hmm. like it'll ebb and flow, and, and as people forget or like stop paying attention to it, it can. That's when it's time. Yeah. To so strike. Jeff, Jeff, you're saying that it's tier three when everybody else plays it, but tier one when I play it, right? That's what. That's yes. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love it. Um, you know what? I will say I'll say it's it's tier three when everyone else plays it. It's tier one when Nathan Stoyer plays it, probably. Probably. It's not his colors though, man. Like those are like explicitly not his colors. Um He literally won the world championship with Brexit. Uh, yeah. Purposely kicking those colors out of the color pie. Um but anyway, uh I love those decks. I think we may need a beer break because yeah. you're going a bit long but as always we have to wait to hear what jeff's been playing in the second half of this episode as we usually do so uh <laughs> jeff let's uh finish these beers uh in one go and then uh get to the beer break and talk some more standard yeah. cheers This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by listening. But if you want to support the show even more, the Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host. All you have to do is click the Buy Jeff a Beer button. Um, don't even read the rest of the page. Honestly, just like scroll. Click that as many times as you can. And that's the best way to support the show, honestly. Yeah, uh, no, you should really click the buy Zach a beer button because Zach is the one who edits the episodes and uploads mm -hmm. them. <laughs> All right, but, uh, click that should, button. <laughs> just go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. Honestly, it doesn't have to be me, but like, you know, come on. Or if you'd rather send us deck lists, you'd rather tell us what you think of the new standard meta, best way to do that is on the Discord channel. The link should be in the show notes. Which Zach puts there every week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Jeff, I do have a beer for us this evening. Um, okay. It is also from Fairweather. 
just because I saw this and, you know, hey, thought we could just do both of them together. Might as well. It's a great brewery in Hamilton. And this is Dream Pop. Uh, it is a dry hop sour, uh, American style sour ale with a bouquet of tropical citrus hops. Um, it is 6.1% and uh, it's got a bunch of fish on it with balls. I don't know. Is this like fish food or is it just like fish swimming around like just balls? I don't really know. I mean, but these kind of look like koi fish. Crazy. Maybe they're not like they have the. I don't think so. They don't have the right coloring, right? They have goldfish. Yeah, qualities. they're a little too like dark. Well, yeah, maybe. But I'm also not a fish expert. Um, <laughs> who knew? Who knew I'm not a fish it's expert? It's probably a combo of uh, whoever drew this <laughs> and us, but not fish experts <laughs> on either end. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, another shirt-worthy beer. Um, yeah, for sure, I would wear this shirt. Absolutely, um, absolutely. This I noticed this one has a hot bouquet. Yeah. The other one had a fat bag. So. Yeah, well, you know, that one is an IPA and this one was a sour. I love so. how they're using standardized units of measurements on the hops. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that before. Those bouquet uh, versus fat bag. Yeah, uh, we'll see if we prefer the uh, the bouquet or the fat bag. Um, but of course, as always, I'm bringing the sour because duh. Um, oh, baby. All right, Jeff. With that, let's get back into some standard talk. All right. So I would say the metagame mm -hmm. is exactly as predicted. There's one super deck. There's a bunch of decks that were already good and uh, are still pretty good. Um, essentially, so far, uh, no real shocks to the metagame. There's no, yeah. honestly, there's no new deck that I'm playing against. Uh, you know, that has emerged thanks to the bands, mm -hmm. um, which is what we expected because the bands were so uh, conservative. Light. Yeah. So that being said, I have been working on a totally new deck and okay. I have been loving it. Now, this is something we alluded to when uh, I believe when March of the Machine came out that I had interest in building this deck. Okay. And uh, I finally took a stab at it and I've just been having so much fun. The deck that I've been playing is Phyrexia Tribal. All right. So I'm playing Black White Phyrexians. Um, I did not expect this to be as deep a project as it has been and just as fun as it has been. So I would like to talk a little bit about what you can do to build Phyrexian Tribal. I, I'm excited for this because I don't know anything about this at all. I'm just like one of you <laughs> listening here. Uh, so let's get, let's tell me, tell me, Joe. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that I'm in Platinum. That's from like bottom bronze to, well, currently bottom platinum. That, that is 100% this deck. Oh, and I have done, right. A lot of losing. So I don't know what my win rate is. I think it's about 50, but it's probably not too far above. <laughs> um, but the, this deck has been amazing because 
I've never built a deck that, and like, I'm not even on the final version for sure. No way. But I've never built a deck that is so different from the initial version that I laid out. Like the number of overlapping cards is probably like 12, <laughs> maybe. Oh my God. Like this deck has been churning, man. Like just mm -hmm. been changing. And that's what's made it so fun to build. So like usually the decks that I just love to build are the really weird ones. Like the decks where I send them to Zach and he looks at the deck list. He's like, I don't understand what this is. And then has to play it a bunch of times. And it's like, oh, I, maybe I kind of get it now. Like, I love those decks. This is not that, right? Because it's just a tribal deck. But like, this has been the most fun and most churned to build that I've had in a long time. And the reason is simple. There are a ton of Phyrexians to choose from, to put in your deck. And they all synergize, but are ultimately like leaning towards different game plans. So I would say the biggest decision you want to play, you would hope you want to play black, white, Phyrexian tribal. Um, you've already made the decision not to splash. Hint, don't splash. Mm -hmm. um, you have enough. Just black and white, you have enough. Um, I would say the first decision to make is do you want to really lean in to the aristocrats kind of sacrifice style of strategy? Or do you want to be more of an aggressive, this is a tribal deck, beat you down strategy? And I think the big shift for me was that obviously I started with the aristocrats build and I just started cutting the aristocrats style cards like left and right. And now, now I'm the beat down. Now I'm uh, okay. Now, now you're like now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> Best card in my deck is like crawling. You know, like that's that's what I'm looking for. Oh, oh, I, that card better fucking be in my opener. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I'm all down. I'm I'm so down for that. I thought card. you okay. might be. I thought yeah. you might be. Yeah, yeah. So my original list was like I still had four cards. Don't get me wrong. Everyone knows that card is good. Oh, in Aristocrats, um, of course, as well. So yeah, but I was playing like village rights i was playing like the full uh, i was playing brands mm -hmm. i was playing um like just basically everything was kind of geared towards that's the strength of the deck because okay so i don't know if it's i still consider it the best card in the deck might be second best but the best card in the deck my early identification was uh blow the processor which is Sacrifice Phyrexian with a plus one plus one counter on it. It's three, two for three. When it dies, you, you incubate equal to its power. This card is nuts. I, I should clarify, sacrifice another Phyrexian. Otherwise it would be, it would be insane. Yeah. But that, if you've never played with a free sacrifice outlet, it is ridiculous. It is way too good i was surprised they printed this card and so that's what i was saying when this was printed i was following it out and now i'm just getting around to it turns out yes that card is insane um and so i was like that's the best card we got to build all the way around that mm -hmm. i think i've come to the decision that actually that card is so good you don't need to build around it just having it there is enough um what you want to do 
is build like an agrodex that is just resilient to everything agrodex are usually weak to because it has that card mm -hmm. if that makes sense so it's like sure my deck is bad against board wipes except that i can sack them all and like drain your life with my uh, I always want to call him Elias, but it's Elas, Ilcor. There's no yeah. I. Um, I'm always like Elias. No, nope. <laughs> not, not his name. Eli. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you don't need the brands. The brands were terrible. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need the other ways to sacrifice stuff. You really don't. You just need bloated processor and this, and that acts as like a, a safety net against that kind of stuff all on its own. The real best card in the deck is Grafted Butcher. I don't know if you've actually like taken the time to read this card, but this is an insane board that mm -hmm. is so stupid that I'm just like, I somehow this card kind of slipped by me. Like I read it, I'm like, that's a pretty good lord. I didn't realize what it actually says. I mean, like we did point. talk about this card. Like it, right. there's no like, there's no accident. Like I know that we definitely talked about it, but continue i think what i didn't realize is how interesting it is mm -hmm. because it's a lord that you don't want to just jam because sometimes you might be able to get more use out of the menace etb so this deck is so fun to play because you don't just jam your lord and attack with everything in fact mm -hmm. you feel bad doing that if you jam your lord and attack with two things you're like oh I feel like later in the game, I'm going to have like five creatures and I'm going to wish I could give them menace. Um, I don't, this, this deck is so cool. And also like when you took, when you talk about top end, okay. So I feel like there's a core, you, you need four, four butchers, mm -hmm. you need four um, loaded processors. To me, those are no brainers. You need four. Yeah. Um, crawling forest. I think pretty much everything else is negotiable, mm -hmm. but you need you need that one, two, three, those for sure, four of each of those. And those are the 12 I was talking about that might be the only thing that stayed that's, constant. That survived, yeah. I realize Elas was also four of them both that. So it's 16 cards probably that okay. were in both builds. Um, Everything else is, there are so many, there are so many one drops you could choose, there's so many two drops, three drops, and then there's top end that you can choose as well. Like, um, I've personally settled on uh, two Gix. I think you need Gix. Um, I do like that. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, another card I didn't realize just how good it was. And then I realized, wait, when you have Gix, and you have a card that gives all of your Phyrexians menace, you don't really need other card advantage engines. That's insane because mm -hmm. you're going to get like so much through. I've had people just concede to me playing a menace thing after gigs when they didn't kill it. It's like, okay, I'm going to draw three cards and you're going to take nine. Mm -hmm. Is that cool? And they're like, it is not cool. I concede. Oh, I concede. <laughs> um, and the other card that has really, really wowed me and it's, it's up to two copies, but I'm considering three, is Ilishnorn. There's no, there's just, no rider to that. Just, just Ilishnorn. I mean, um, I will once again say that I loved Ilishnorn when it came out, so, and you yeah, felt I think cold, but... I, okay, I super underestimated, like, 
I did not get the ability. Mm -hmm. Now that I play it, it's ridiculous. Like it's sometimes so you just good. win because you have a wide board and your opponent tapped out to block and you're like, okay, but each block's going to cost you two life. Mm -hmm. See you later. Like anytime you block my one, one, you take two damage. Is that cool with you? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, well, I guess you're dead. Uh, and if they, and then there's also the situations where you just transform it and win the game. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, even some more situations on top of that where a 3 5 vigilance is just pretty good. So it's like, <laughs> no, this card is nuts. I played one and it won me a bunch of games. I was like, should I? Because I'm low on mythic rare wild cards from all mm -hmm. of my brewing. I was like, dare I craft another? And I dared. And I have not looked back. And now I'm Wonderful. thinking about daring to craft the third. Ooh. Um, <laughs> the one thing I'll call out is. I'm currently, I'm currently playing a gigantic flavor fail, but it's been working out all right for me. But I'm playing Archangel Elspeth in <laughs> <laughs> my Phyrexians, and I'm like giving, turning Phyrexians into angels and <laughs> flying for the minute. But the, it's not, it's not that hard to get to the ultimate, and the ultimate returns all creatures with CMC three or less. From your graveyard to the battlefield it's like insanely good in this deck and it okay so it's like it's the best like board wipe response ever you just slap this down and be like okay you have like one turn <laughs> or you're gonna get fucked um i guess they have two but like if they leave it alone i'll have i'll have a board again that's pretty good but it does every time i'm just like oh this is the only like flavor fail in my whole deck everything else is fire i mean like it it feels like a, maybe you just need to shift your focus from like it's a flavor fail because the deck is phyrexians or it's more of a deck about the story and she comes in and i mean i guess she and brings it, them all back to life so like that's not really what i've happened. literally turned Ilashnorn into a flying angel, angel? And attacked okay uh not not the same as stabbing her in the chest but yeah. all right so yeah fact, for sure. granting her uh, your wings powers. yeah all right no i don't i was trying to swing it for you but i don't think i can you're right yeah um but there's just so many like you could play either shieldred i think are totally reasonable you could play drivnod which doubles sack triggers or death triggers if you wanted to go more into the aristocrats build mm-hmm even a random vampire phyrexian that whenever a non-token creature dies you can like bring it back um, which i didn't even know existed but it's an option it's like kinzu of the leak oven something like that oh. um there, like if you just search phyrexian there are That's... so many options yeah it's right here i have not seen that is this this is a card this is is this the black card that was like added, like the four rares after? I have this no idea. I, like, I've never heard of it so. until I searched, and I was like, that actually might not be that bad of this deck. That yeah, was when I'm, I was on more of a aristocrats build. I'm pretty sure that that's like, you know how they have like extra rares that are part of like the mastery pass? I think that's yeah, one of the that rares. They're supposed to be kind of unplayable. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, I mean, I, I did end up having it, but uh, I was I was trying stuff, man. Like, yeah, I think the biggest 
The biggest thing I want that I really seek in this deck is another one drop beyond Crawling Chorus. And I haven't found anything that really makes me what? happy. You don't like Skrelf? I hate Skrelf in this deck. I've tried it multiple times. I keep like rebuilding the deck and then being like, oh, Skrelf is probably good now. And then put it back in. And it's always so bad. It, I'm always just like, this is like garbage crawling chorus. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. Because like, you're not really a toxic deck. I have poisoned people out, but generally, you don't win that way. So the giving someone toxic and unblockable is not that useful. And then, like, I don't care that much about any individual creature. So the protection isn't that useful okay. either. I guess and the I fact that the can't block has come up so many fucking times where I'm like, if this was crawling for us, I would have won the game because I just blocked that. Because you just block, yeah. <laughs> I do get that. Um, but it's essentially a might in this deck. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to pay a mana for a might. Yeah, I mean, like, having it a just... A token, I know it actually is a might. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 like, it just sitting there on the battlefield and making it so, like, people won't be able to really use single target removal. Is that useful ever? Not, not really, because, like... You can sacrifice stuff to the bloated processor instead? Yeah, so it could protect the bloated processor, but that just doesn't come up often enough to make it worth an inclusion. Gotcha. Like, Generally, I'm just like, I wish this one drop was almost anything else. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, because it's obviously such a powerful card. So I keep coming back to it because I keep you know, changing the deck, being like, originally it was a total aristocrats build. And I'm like, no, the whole point is I don't care about my creatures and they, mm -hmm. they die. And then I rebuilt it to be a little more aggro, a little more. Some of my creatures are really good. But if you think about the creatures that are good, like, the butcher you actually want it to die a lot of the time because mm -hmm. it can come back so a pretty common play for those of you who want to play this at home um, and i've seen i've watched because i was i i've just like been super into this tag and watching what other people build um i've seen streamers or like uh, even pro magic players who try this tag i've seen them make the following mistake where they miss lethal which is that it's almost always, almost always correct, I would say, to sacrifice your Lord to your processor and then just bring it back. I think so many people miss lethal where they are thinking like, oh, you know, I, I'm close, whatever, whatever. Usually if you're close, sacking your Lord and bringing it back to give your whole team menace does get you there. Um, and so many people are like, oh, I can play this card, I can play this card. It's like, no, if you have four mana and you have Butcher and Processor, almost always right to sack the Butcher. And a lot of times other people will attack and I'll just like block with my Butcher and then they'll concede because mm -hmm. they now realize, they, it's like a stall. And then they realize why I blocked with my Lord. And they're like, oh, it's because it's going to come back and give his whole team menace next turn and now I lose. Like that happens so often because people just aren't used to this card. Yeah, the card is outrageously good. Like probably the best lord I've ever seen in 
shouldn't come in give everything menace gives everything plus one plus one and then come back for the come dead back later for, <laughs> and it's a two drop for for two mana yeah, yeah. it's a two two like it's insane um so that's actually like the yeah. reason to play Phyrexians is that Lord is just that good. Mm -hmm. But then they just have so many options. They have so many cards so they can adapt to the meta. Like, don't get me wrong. This deck still has trouble with Esper. Mm -hmm. It's hard to beat Esper. You, you tend to get ahead of them, but not quickly enough before they start. There's like raw card power just yeah. starts to take you over. But you can beat any other deck in the meta. Um, yeah, yeah. I found I've had I've been really good against Domain. Um, Attracts is just not that good. Like for mm -hmm. those of you that you know don't play as many sacrifice decks as me, your opponent thinks they've stabilized with Attraxa. You attack with everything. You sack with whatever Attraxa blocks. They don't gain the life. That's the mm -hmm. that's the, like standard trick. Um, yeah. Word of warning. Don't attack don't, with your bloated process. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I was like, you can't block, you can't do the trick with the blood processor. But um, that's blood funny because processor cause unfortunately is not meant to go husk. I've I've been doing the other thing where like that deck gets their Atraxa and they're like ready to untap and unload. And I'm like, while you were doing Atraxa shit, I have a bunch of hallowed hauntings and like. <laughs> I'm going to play three yeah, or four enchantments this turn. They're going to get fucking huge. And it doesn't I matter. I no longer give a shit about a track. Like, 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 you yeah. can block. I'm still going to deal like 45 damage to you. Like, you're, right. you're going to die. Um, so, yes, I'm in the same train of like, fuck a track. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, that's great. It doesn't matter. Like, your whole plan is to spend a, a long time and then stabilize with the track. So just not good enough. No, not good enough, which feels awesome. It's just yeah. like, oh, this is, it feels so good to, to kill somebody when they did the thing. Um, Although you also shouldn't make the mistake that I did, which was I was playing uh, Evolved Sleeper. Something like mm -hmm. um, you also can't sack that to the bloated processor unless it is on its uh, the, the, phase uh, and is a Phyrexian. <laughs> it's actually not a Phyrexian until you uh, level it up. So. I did punt a game that way where it was just a 1-1. One, one. No yeah. reason to attack with it. It yeah. didn't change the map at all. But my opponent sniffed it out and blocked it. And I was like, you know what? I fucked up. Good job recognizing it, opponent, because you didn't mm -hmm. block my biggest thing. You blocked that, realizing that I can't sack it. And um, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> yeah. Woof. Um, I, I am interested. Are you playing? uh progenitor exarch did you mention that That's... i don't even know what that is a uh, progenitor exarch is like the xx white um... oh that one no yeah no. so okay. my only incubate i'm leaning into is the bloody processor okay um i just found like i tried uh the two drop that makes the incubate token wasn't great like i Find, I've actually leaned a lot more into mites, so I'm four of Skrull's Hive. Oh, okay. That's, and, oh, because uh, all the lifelink is so good. And three of Charge of the Mites, baby. Mm -hmm. Like, my original build was playing oh. like some Wandering Emperors, was playing some like Wedding uh, announcements. announcements to mm -hmm. try to just, again, lean into the Sacrifice build, but also just like play, add some power to the deck. 
I just found charge of the mites way better than wedding announcement in the stack because you know it's by Rexians. Yeah. And, and they're and it doubles its removal. It's it's like instant speed two at the same time. Okay. They have toxic to turn mm-hmm. on the spell side and stuff. Like and if uh, your whole deck because like yeah, wait. Does Skrelf Hive, Skrelf's Hive says that uh, creatures with Toxic have lifelink, right? Yeah. Okay. For a second, I thought that it just said Phyrexians, and I was like, holy oh, shit. That, that would be insane. Yeah, so I was like, that's a perfect include, but no, no, okay. So it does... Still, with, with my build of the deck, you tend to have three, four, because I'm playing Mirexes as well. Yeah. Like, you Murex... tend to have four my... Mirex is just insane. That card's amazing. It's so it's good. Ridiculously good. It's so um, good. I owed that one to you because I remember you talking about it and I, I didn't even notice it during previous season. I was like, oh yeah, Sack liked Mirex. And I added two of them to my deck. And the next thing you know, that, that number is three. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, should it be four? No, that's too nah. good. It, 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 like you get some bad, like, hands. You get some awkward draws. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I can, I can play two cards. I have two Mirex. Uh, this is so awkward. Um, but yeah, the I have so like good. a couple of seed cores in there. Like it plays most of my deck because it okay. taps any color for Phyrexian creatures. That's but true. It doesn't play like uh, Scrub's Hive or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like the, that kind of stuff. It's a little awkward. Um, well, you don't have as man many... is it is it good to plus it's... two plus one? It's... A one one. It's really good. Um... Especially if you're leaning into the mites thing, yeah. Seed core, at least one. How many are you playing? Yeah, I think I should probably like I'm playing two and two because I was testing mm-hmm. the seed core. I think it should probably be three Mirex, one seed core. I think that's right because yeah. Mirex is. I I also realize Mirex is significantly better than seed core. The amount of times yeah. I wish that my seed core was a Mirex. Like, yeah, that that's what was happening. Like I was playing three Mirex and no seed core, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh. Like, play more seed core, I should probably cut a Murex if I'm getting that greedy. And then I'm probably going to land on three, three plus one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a surprising number of legendaries in my deck, so I kicked up the uh, Iganjo number to two, because like Iganjo was just an all-star where it was often costing one. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I have Elas and Elishnorn. I guess this costs one. Like, yeah that's the other thing i think we've mentioned this before but like really really when you're playing against esper legends like if you sniff out if they have two mana open and they played like uh just their screlf don't attack like Mm -hmm. if they didn't play their two drop they probably have like ganjo in their hand and they can play it for two mana and they're hiding it with the screlf like yeah just that just sniff it out it's just that's just the new world where like you have to count all of their their right. channels. Is the two damage point. worth the likelihood that they have a gotcha in their hand? I would say generally like no. No. Yeah, it's really not. So um don't don't do that. It basically that is the same scenario as attacking into four white mana, you know? Like just don't do it. Yeah, which we all know. Mm-hmm. Never do that. Yeah. Unless you don't care. Or unless you That's have true. a bloated processor on the field. Yeah. Happens so often that I attack with everything except bloated processor. My opponent again that wheel of like, fuck, I was really planning on exiling your bloated processor when you attack. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not your average silver player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, I, when I was playing the pioneer, uh, games against Azorius control, like they had four untapped, like white mana or whatever, enough yeah, to yeah. play wandering emperor. And I have like my two creatures I've been attacking with the whole game. And then I'm now just attacking with my hexproof creature. And they're like, yeah. you just, that's the only creature. I was like, I'm just attacking with this one. Right. Nothing else. Just and, this one. and they're like that. Okay. All right. And I'm like, you're like, yes, this one that can't be mm -hmm. targeted by the Wandering Emperor is the only, yes, one, is the only one I'm attacking with. I will not attack with my SRAM. Sorry. And they're just like, okay. And uh, at the end of the game, I get to be like, I put you on that very early. And it was very obvious. <laughs> like, I knew I still yeah. lost, but it didn't matter. Um, no, that's always fun. Like, that's, I think that, that part's interesting in magic. Mm -hmm. or, like at all where both you and your opponent know what card is mm -hmm. in their hand um but you only probably know yeah and they only like think you probably know like yeah so you have a little bit of you know discontinuity but that part is really fun in person because mm -hmm. you're just both like come on we both you, you, come on come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. Um, yeah, it's similar to like asking them afterwards, like how long did you have that? Or when I was playing against the Rakdos player, they played three, um, uh, blood tithe harvesters back to back to back to yeah. perfectly kill all my stuff. Sounds like Rakdos. And so I just asked him like, after he played the third one, I was like, did you just draw that? He's like, I just drew it. I was like, okay, as yeah. long as you just drew it, I feel better. <laughs> but if you had that in your hand, that makes my play really, really bad. Like I thought I waited out your two removal spells yeah. and then gotcha. And then you yeah. yeah. And you had the other one to kill the last thing that I had in my hand. And it just, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, being able to do that little decompress. Um, but as far as the Phyrexians, this seems awesome. Like, I want, so I'm back on the, I don't know how much I like soldiers <laughs> train. I'm, <laughs> I'm flip-flopping all over the place. Um, I think what I really liked was like um, uh, Invasion of Gobacon. And then like, as far as other, have you tried Invasion of Gobacon, by the way? It, I have two in my sideboard. Okay, I think, I think that's good. probably play it. Um... I think you might be able to main deck it. Like, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the sideboard plan is smart um, because, like, that definitely helps against your, like, whole board wipe issue. Um, yeah. And the, the deck is, like, despite its resilience relative to a regular aggro deck, it is more resilient to board wipes. It's still weak to them. Like, mm. Sunfall and Farewell are still a real bummer. Yeah, but, uh, like Sunfall doesn't feel as bad because you sack everything to the bloated processor, and then they get a one, mm -hmm. like a one one, uh, or I guess however many they had plus one mm -hmm. um, incubate token. Incubate token, yeah. But it it does does highlight the one weakness of processor that can't sack itself. Zero so is like. Oh man, if this could sag itself, my opponent would be so fucked. But then you have to realize that if it could sag itself, it would be one of the best cards in standard or yeah. the best card. But like that's its weakness that mm -hmm. you could target it with exile and that always sucks. Um but yeah, it is still weak to board wipes. 
but it is more resilient than an aggro deck usually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do like that because there was a period of time I was trying to build a deck um, that was like, I wanted to do the Thalia Gitrog monster thing, but ultimately it just came down to like um, first strike death touch dot deck. Yeah. So I was just playing Glissa and, and all the different things that would do that, which then kind of morphed into a green black Phyrexian deck that had more uh, incubate yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, um, beyond incubate. And the other Glissa um, that can transform all of them. Um, and so that ended up being kind of interesting. But then it fell a little bit closer to, it ended up turning into more of like a Abzan Legends deck. Where you're playing plaza mm -hmm. of heroes to play all your creatures right. and stuff um it never really got there and is it kind of fun but like not fantastic so i'm much more interested in playing this more streamlined white black more my wee health type of yeah i think and i think the huge reason to do that is first of all the games where you play crawling chorus in turn one your win rate skyrockets relative to the games where you don't get to play Crawling Chorus on turn one. Mm -hmm. And so I think going, keeping just two colors really helps you out there. Um, and the other thing is like, I don't know, man, Elish Norn is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. and the double white and two, you really want to be able to cast that on turn four. Um, it's so satisfying to go like one, two, three, I'm like beating you down and then like, hey, have fun blocking and like also it's like not only is it going to be super hard for you to block you also have to kill this because it's literally just going to win the game on its own and even if you kill that like i still have all my other stuff and you've lost a bunch of life to it and stuff like that so it's like i've been very impressed with elish norn um I've, won, I've just won so many games with it that I really yeah. had no business. I had no business winning them. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, but it turns out making five two two, that next turn will become double strikers, and then I just flash back my stupid menace guy that gives them plus. Like suddenly I have five three three or sorry four four double strike menace. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> Do I win? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I will. Oh like, my god, that's insane. do you have enough blockers for no? You don't have no. enough blockers for that. That's so weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> why would you not have enough? Oh, because yeah. I yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, you only have nine blockers. That's so embarrassing. So take eight and you're yeah. dead. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking that nine blockers would be enough. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That seems so fun. Um, I'm excited. And then for... sometimes it has happened. Okay. The double strike chapter does not win the game. It then destroys all non Phyrexian. <laughs> that one's going to win for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're just sitting there with like the like a big middle finger to them, like kill this or lose. Yeah. Um, but not in like the Shieldred kill this or lose way. Like the really, like really. Like you're it dead. it reminds me a bit more of like uh, Kiora Best the Sea God kind of. Thing. Yeah, it's like, no, no, you have to win now or yeah. like destroy me now yeah. or you're dead. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm probably going to win the game over a few turns like, like Shieldred is. Yeah. Um, 
But hey, if you love Shieldred, you could play Shieldred in this deck. It's a Phyrexian. That's true. It doesn't really synergize that well because we don't. I mean, I guess it synergizes with the Gicks. We draw cards off Gicks. That's true. But like, I don't know. It's just a good Phyrexian you can play. Yeah. You can play. Well, you can play Shieldred the Apocalypse. You can also play Shieldred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not right. as synergistic, but. Yeah, I've been testing it. I haven't loved it. I'm probably going to cut it. A bit too expensive, I would assume. It's but... just, yeah, five is just so mm-hmm. much more than four. But... Yeah, it is. So much. Well, I I want to see that list. and um, But also when you're ready for it, of course. So I know it can oh, be Oh, yeah, I'll post it. And I currently have another uh, light completed in there, and it's... It's been so hit or miss. The card either does nothing or completely dominates the game, and I love it. But those are the types of cards that I really like, um, yeah. because I mean, when you obviously, have the bloated processor. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. When you don't, <laughs> you don't have yeah, very bad garbage. Well, that's good to know. Um, anyway, oh, you were saying those are the types of cards you really like. I was just going to say types of cards that I like cards that are like in certain situations really good but all the situations really bad are like just yeah. tend to be the stuff i play um it's the card that i know should get cut because i sided out almost every game mm-hmm. but like you know but i just love that card so i'm like no it's, it's good and then every time i'm really on the cusp of getting rid of it it wins me a game I'm like, yes, yes, I knew I should have left this in here. It's like, how many more games would I have won if I cut that? Like, we, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's funny because, like, you don't do the other thing where, like, you don't keep them in your sideboard to bring them in when you feel like it. You could leave them in the yeah. main deck and then take them out, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm like, no, this is crap because yeah. it is so, like, mentally uh, relaxing mm-hmm. to just always know what you're taking out. Yeah. It's like that's why you put the disdainful stroke in your deck. Like, okay, yeah. and then take out disdainful stroke because it's not actually good yeah, against the deck of players. Yeah. It's good against, against green one... light toxic. Yeah, actually. it's it's good against one deck, but not the other ones. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, Jeff, do you think we should wrap this up and go to last call? Yes. All right. Um, I I have a call to the listeners to oh. Tell me which Phyrexian I'm forgetting because there are just so many. I literally can't parse them all. So I'm sure there are some good Phyrexians that are not on my list that I should be thinking about. Don't say Phyrexian Sensor. That card sucks ass and standard. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a standard card. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just love that. This is so funny. Um, yeah. Terrible. Don't play it in standard. Play it in old ass It it just good. it just made it sound like you've definitely tried it and definitely failed with it. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, I haven't even tried it actually. I just know, I just know. You but just... also I've seen I've seen streamers try it. And they always hate it. Just gotcha. Okay. It. All right. I mean that can make sense, especially because most decks aren't trying to play multiple cards in uh, the same. Uh, Turn. And there's just randomly good Phyrexians that don't People enter play. the battlefield tapped and uh, uh, they're just catchy all and my thing didn't work. No, that's yeah. nice. 
<laughs> and they can play more cards. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love it. Anyway, yes, go to our Discord and uh, at Jeff, regular Jeff, and you can uh, tell him which Phyrexians he missed. Um, but with that, let's go to last call where we rate the beers for the evening. As always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tears in Arena. Currently, I'm in gold, and uh, Jeff, I heard, was in platinum. Hey, platinum. winner of the evening. Um, though, four. yeah, these uh, these tiers really don't mean eh, anything. Yeah. Uh, they're just a, a fun way to rate beers. So don't feel bad when we talk about how horrible certain tiers are. And when we say that, we mean that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You can't drink them. You have to spit them out and throw up because they're so bad. <laughs> silver, silver beers aren't <laughs> quite that bad. They're just, uh, they're just kind of boring. Uh, so macro beers uh, tend to find themselves in this category. Yeah, gold beers are fine, but uh, you won't really think about them again. Platinum, these are super solid. Uh, in fact, I would say Platinum's like actually the best <laughs> tier to be in of any tier. Uh, like only, only the top-notch things yeah. up there. Totally. Um, no, yeah. these are good beers, solid. You drink them again. Yeah, Platinum's like the Phyrexian tier. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, solid. Really low. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, best, but <laughs> yeah, but decent. Uh, diamond beers are uh, exceptional. You really like them. You show them to your friends. You bring them to parties. These are ones that sit in your fridge, um, and you you love them. Mythic, best of the best. Uh, you would recommend this to anyone who will listen. You will travel to get this beer. Hey, these are these are the Asper legends of the beer world. Ah, uh, wow. It's funny because my I like don't love Esper Legends, so it like misses it. But yeah. Esper Legends is the best right now, so and I think it's the best by like a fair enough margin. But it's fair to to call it out as the mythic day. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, Jeff, do you have your beer for this evening? Absolutely. All right, I'm here as well. I'm ready for it. Here we go. Three, two, two, two one. one. High grade. High grade. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you were going to pick that. And as I was drinking it, I had to actually like focus my mind to think about it because it just felt so smooth and delicious yeah. that it was just going down and it didn't feel like um, some other IPAs that like throw a bunch of hops in there. Especially uh, when it's like a fat bag of hops, or, you know, yeah. it's advertised as a ton of hops, which it does have, but it doesn't feel as um, as much of a chore as yeah. some like really hoppy beers. Yeah, like. it didn't feel like aggressive or it didn't like spit in my face or anything. It just mm -hmm. feels like, I guess, really high grade. The words on the side say juicy, dank, and tropical, and I think that's perfect. Because like, yes. it just has a little bit of that dank from the hops. But for the most part, this is delicious. This is, yeah. I, yeah, I can give this to any like non-IPA drinker, folks that are like, oh, I don't like IPAs. I don't like hoppy beers. I don't, you can give this to them and be like, but just taste this one. This is. This I is think so, fun. probably, right? And you're like, yeah. there's a lot of hops in that. Um, yeah, coming in, I was like, I know I'm, like this beer um 
so I was doing the opposite of you where I was like I gotta try to just like disengage and then pretend like I'm trying it for the first time or whatever like try to try to throw away any um preconceived notions I have of times when I was drinking and just drinking it and not like trying to actually evaluate it against mm -hmm. other things um and I still think it was awesome like it it got a high grade yeah I oh gotcha okay because <laughs> it's called high grade sorry I totally missed that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um no it's delicious um I mean Jeff you picked it too what are you what are you gonna give this you know this has been like stock diamond for me for a while mm -hmm. but I haven't had the chance to really reevaluate it and I think I think it's time that I add this to my mythic list I this mythic I think is a perfect example of what an IPA should and could be mm -hmm. I I'm going to agree with you. I think high grade is a mythic. And, uh, you know, when we talk about traveling to a brewery to pick up certain beers, I want to travel to Fairweather. I mean, that's the only reason I'd really go to Hamilton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Maybe visit Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go check out Ryan. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, Ryan, if you're listening let's uh let's get this happening yeah a high high grade magic party sounds like it's normal. yeah by the way ryan is our friend that works at fairweather if you didn't <laughs> listen to our episode with ryan um, made this beer with his own two hands yeah his high graded fingers um <laughs> but no this this beer is fantastic and uh it has a, it, a great reputation um enough so that like literally this is the beer that is the only reason that like the coffee shop I bought the beer from that the person who I talked to the person who like brings it in and they're saying mm -hmm. this is the reason they bring it in like that's why they like the brewery and it's this beer and I don't think that that actually colored what I thought of it as I was drinking it but I'm always looking for IPAs that like really you know how you don't love um sours that taste like juice mm -hmm and they taste more like beer. Well, I really like IPAs that taste closer to like a regular beer, I think, right. than like overboard. And this one tastes so much closer to like, like, just kind of bumps into a bit of bitter hoppiness, but not like really driving it in. Delicious. Mm. Yeah, but and that's why I think it's so great, because it also delivers that like, as someone who loves IPAs, it still delivers an IPA to me. Yeah. So I can it can be like, hey, I'm of a beer to people who IPA isn't their favorite like style. And also be, hey, I'm an IPA to people who IPA is their favorite style. So yeah. Um, no, I mean this beer is fantastic. Actually, uh, you know, speaking of Ryan, um, when I moved here, I bought a, a keg off him of high grade. Oh, that's the beer that okay. my in my basement. Um, but the first time, like I ordered it, he's like, "Hey, our latest batch wasn't up to up to my standards, so like, you know, uh, maybe we'll order it next time or something." So I have this notion in my head of the first time of me having high grade, 
was literally like a hand-picked keg from the brewer at the brewery being like yeah he's gonna love this one and like the previous keg just wasn't up to his internal standards or something so now I just have like this high bar for it and then tonight it still met that bar for me so nice it's yeah yeah it's so good I love it yeah Um, I just love uh, the spirit yeah it's funny because like I didn't remember you saying that. I remember that keg. I don't remember you. I don't remember it being this beer. And this beer just looked like a whatever beer to me. So I'm happy right. that it just like everything has been fantastic tonight. I feel great. Um, yeah. Let's go to Dream Pop and close this episode out. So yes. dry hopped sours. Definitely something I'm really into. This one is really nice. I like the flavors in it. It really delivers on what it's talking about. Um, but it does taste like a lot of other dry hop sours and kind of mm-hmm. has like, you know, run of the mill qualities, but is very tasty. Yeah, exactly what I thought about it. Like, it's good. I like that it's, um, it, it does taste like a beer. It's not mm-hmm. like juice, like some sours tend to be. Um, but, you know, didn't blow me away. Yeah, definitely uh, like platinum very it's a phyrexian beer yeah um, this is sort of a quintessential platinum for me yeah uh really good like it um but we'll definitely forget about it not not forget about it sorry that's that's gold but like i'm i'm when i travel to hamilton to pick up high grade dream pop will not necessarily be on the list um they'll have other sours that you'll be enticed by you'll pick up some high grade and whatever their other sour they have those yeah whatever i try when that's new when i'm there probably so they do a good job of that so awesome awesome all right jeff we rated some beers we're ready for closing time so you can always reach us at arena regulars on twitter and instagram you may also find us on MDG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z E U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best places are Discord channel. I go by at regular Jeff. I will be sharing black, white, Phyrexian deck lists. A plenty, I'm sure. And if you'd love to interact about that, I would love that too. So the link for that should be in the show notes. That is right. Um, I will also be there stealing deck lists and posting how I changed it by one card and pretending it's mine. Um, and he means <laughs> adding one card and not removing anything. It's a yeah, total yeah. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put four Skrelves in there and say it's Zach's version. Um, <laughs> Also, please leave us a review at, uh, on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, Apple iTunes. I don't know. Wherever you leave reviews, leave them there. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Go to YouTube. Uh, leave a comment, like a video. Um, we love to talk with you. Even just last week, I had a whole conversation with one of our um, listeners who was new. Uh, so if that was you, thank you for commenting. It was a, it was a good back and forth. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that Skrell is just a really bad crawling chorus. Good night.
That's fine.